Topical Resort, only on Radio Sega. been a while since we started off like that, isn't it? Yes, welcome back, or officially, welcome to the Topical Resort once again. As always, I'm your host, Viper, although we'll get into all that in just a bit, because I want to start off by saying it's been one year. <laughs> Amazing how quickly that time passes by. It feels so long ago in some ways, but in some ways it feels like it was just yesterday. Today on the Topical Resort, and for the one-year anniversary of the Dreamcast Hour, we'll be taking a look at the Sega Dreamcast, and of course, going to be starting off... Actually, it was something a bit different, because I don't think we really ever played too much music from this game. So, after the little uh, jingle we're going to have here, of course, we're going to be playing you Samba de Janeiro from Samba de Amigo. So, enjoy.
And officially, welcome to the Topical Resort, right here on Radio Sega. I am your host, Green Vibrate, and for the next two to three hours, we're going to be playing you some of the absolute best Sega tunes from the Sega Dreamcast. Obviously, the final console made by Sega, but its legacy lives on in our hearts. So, um, th- this, this section is quite a bit different from what we have on Topical Resort normally, because normally we just, you know, talk a bit and, you know, just have a general chat about the console or whatever we're going to be talking about for that day but this is a bit different because we're going to be starting things off with the Dreamcast news segment and uh, obviously my talk bed here is electric toothbrush which you may remember if you actually listen to the show uh, this was originally actually only meant to be a talk bed for the Jet Set Radio special that I did and I was meant to use a different probably Space Channel 5 theme I think it was Space Channel 5 themed uh, talk bed for the rest of the shows however I actually grew to like this so much as a talk bed for this segment it just sort of stuck also, uh, let's see if I can bring this up a bit without it sort of cutting me off, I guess. I'm tra- going to try and find the appropriate level here. That seems good. So, aside from that, we have a few bits of news here for the Dreamcast, but I think I'm also going to be talking about some news from the Game Awards, partly because 20 wanted to appear and partly because it will honestly pad out this segment quite a bit. So, um, as always, as we always used to do, I'm going to go over to our good old friends at the Dreamcast Junkyard, and I'm going to see what news we have available here. So... The first bit of news that released at least this week or recently, because I actually looked for some news earlier, but I couldn't really find much this month. This was the only two bits I could find. So, the Shenmue Yokosuka Sacred Spot Guidebook has been released, and this is a guidebook which basically shows you around uh, places in Japan. Oh, sorry. Is it places in... The original Shenmue set in China, isn't it? I actually don't know. I'm going to need to look a bit more in. Oh, I, I, need, I need to look a bit more into where exactly this guide looks around. So let's have a look here. So okay, so the guide map will feature locations such as shrines, parks, shops, and more that representative of the time of the game setting, 1986. Um, aside from this, I think. Honestly, I'd... oh, okay, it is set in, or at least we're looking in Japan here, I'm going to guess. Yes, okay, it's a guidebook around some of the parts of Japan that Shenmue is roughly set around. Um, that just, just received a message. <laughs> Aside from that, we also have, um, I think this is quite a bit cool, quite a bit, I can't speak. This this news is quite cool actually because it's adding something which some people argued killed the Dreamcast or the lack of this thing killed the Dreamcast, and through modding it is official not officially but through modding it is being added. So unofficially DVD support is coming to the Dreamcast. Not in the way you'd hope. Like you know you can't just stick a DVD drive in the lid and then you know pop your disc in. It doesn't really work like that. Um, how this works instead is you connect, or you need first of all an IDE mod, and that's so you can connect an IDE drive to your Dreamcast. Mainly that's used for hard drives. However, you can use that to connect an IDE disk drive, and this is where it comes into play. Because I discovered if you have an IDE modded Dreamcast, you can actually use that IDE mod to use an IDE disk drive, which can then load DVDs. And then from there, you just put your ISOs of your games 
onto the DVD and you play them off there. So it's not quite DVD support, I think, in the way people would want it to be DVD support. But, you know, it, it certainly does the job and you can now officially say the Dreamcast plays DVDs. So, I guess, yeah, that's quite a cool bit of news. Not really many people can do much of it because, you know, we all have about seven IDE Dreamcast mods sitting around. Because why not? But yeah, it's also a good opportunity to, I guess, play the games which weren't released on Dreamcast. Like the example they bring up here is, um, is it, oh, Millennium Soldier. What, what was the game that was, uh, Millennium, what was it called? Oh yeah, it was Millennium Racing Y2K, I believe it was. Which was a unreleased game found for the Dreamcast. I think I talked about this on the show, that's how old this news is. But with that, you could burn that onto a DVD and then play it as if it were a new game, sort of. Because I think it was too big to fit on a CDR, if I remember correctly. That was why people were having issues with it. And I think people eventually trimmed it down so it did fit on a uh, CDR. But, you know, you're not getting the full experience that way, so this might be the definitive way to play some Dreamcast games, which is fairly exciting. Um, <laughs> Dimgirl says in the chat, what a time to be alive, and Jamie's laughing at the DVD support. Um, in all seriousness, yes, DVD support. N now we can officially say the Dreamcast is fully better than the PS2. We've won this. Yeah, but anyway, in the chat room, we currently have 20, we currently have Doomgirl, we have Jamie, we do, I believe Shadex is currently listening in, but um, won't be chatting that much. We had Casey and Insert Coin and Doan earlier on, as well as Lost Impact. I don't know if any of them are still here, but they're fair. Hello, and, you know, hi, I guess. But yeah, that's all we have for Dreamcast news, but we do actually have a bit of Sega news, which I'll talk about a bit more in depth on the... Um, on our off-topic episode this month, so I'll start off with the the smaller news, and that is the fact that sorry, people are talking in the chat room. That's distracting me. I'll close that. Yeah, and that's the fact that Sonic Mania sadly did not win Best Family Game at the Game Awards, which is a shame. But it was up against like seven different Mario games. It was bound to happen that way. There was no chance they were gonna win against the Mario Behemoth. But yeah, it certainly, you know, should have won. I think it should have won. It's sad that that was, aside from Persona 5, the only Sega nomination, I believe, because Sega brought out some really good stuff this year. So that's a shame, but whatever. But there was some, um... There was some good Sega news in the form that... Persona 5 won RPG of the Year. And, um, I think that came as no surprise to everyone, because I think everyone was saying it was, like, an amazing RPG. Maybe not the best, but certainly the best that came out this year, but it did have you know, some quite tough competition, I guess. Um, but obviously, the most important Sega news, the part we're all waiting for here, I think, even though we all already know what it is, Bayonetta 1 and 2 are coming to Switch, and it's coming out February 19th, I believe? No, February 16th, sorry, yes. Bayonetta 2 is coming, and then you can get a digital code for Bayonetta 1, Obviously, this is very exciting news, and uh, it's actually already up for pre-order on Amazon. So you should, you, I highly recommend you go and do that for £50 or whatever it is in your neck of the woods. I really enjoy the games myself, so I'm going to be getting you know my pre-order up as soon as I get the money for that. Especially since it's coming to Switch, and it also have new added benefits. But, as everyone's talking about in the chat room, more importantly, Bayonetta 3 was announced to be in development, and... 
Ooh, I'm excited because you know, I, 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 even though I haven't really got too far into them, I do really love the Bayonetta games, and that is why. And I'm getting around to currently finishing Bayonetta One. I'm playing it not as we speak, but um, it's actually still on my Wii U because I didn't turn it off. Yeah, but I really want to get into the games, or more specifically, finish them before the third one comes up, because that is going to be hype as all hell. I am definitely going to pick up a copy, and also, I have to mention, because this is getting people salty like it did with Bayonetta 2, it's exclusive to the Nintendo Switch. Which is automatically making people angry, but apparently, um, Sega are the ones actually funding it this time, because there's no mention of Nintendo in the copyright for uh, Bayonetta 3. Which means they're not technically funding it, so there's a ton of different rumours I'm hearing, like Twinny was saying earlier about how Sega just gave them the rights to use the licence and Nintendo were funding it, but then I'm hearing from other people Sega are funding it, then I'm hearing from other people it's a mixture of the two. I'm not really sure, but considering that copyright detail that Nintendo isn't mentioned in the copyright anywhere, I think, potentially, it could be Sega, meaning Bayonetta is once again a Nintendo, or sorry, a Sega franchise, despite the fact people in recent years are trying to convince us it's a Nintendo franchise. It's not, people. Wake up. But yes, uh, some very hype news today. I've basically been in Bayo mode all day today. I actually watched um, Bloody Fate. I've had this DVD, or sorry, I've had this Blu-ray for absolutely ages, because it's the collector's edition steelbook one, and I got it for like £5 off Amazon a while back. And I never got around to watching it, but I watched it today in hype, in hype preparation, and it was very good. I'd highly recommend you watch it, and especially considering it is really cheap now. So with that in mind, you know, go ahead, get hyped, and um, Game Awards was pretty good. There were some pretty, as always, uh, strange moments. There was a, uh, no, I can't remember what his name was, but the uh, the shaving mascot from last year, he wasn't there, unfortunately. But there were some um, highly laughable moments, but... <sighs> Uh, arguments in the chat, brilliant. Um, yeah, there are some highly laughable moments from this year's Game Awards, so I'd recommend you watch them. Especially if you're a Sega fan, I, th I think you'll get some laughs out of it. But anyway, um, with that in mind, I'm going to get on with some more music, and we're going to kick things off with a track from a game which everybody loved when we used to play music from it on the Dreamcast Hour. And this isn't even an official Sega game, because this is a, a indie game, and if you for some reason haven't heard of Dreamcast indie games, it's basically... Um, we'll be getting into how they work in a little bit, but basically, despite the fact the console's dead, people come along and they make new independent games for it, hence the name Indie Games. So, you know, they release them, press them, you know, like, full professional-looking games. They're just made by indie developers, and they're not officially licensed by Sega and all that sort of stuff, so... Yeah, they they still get made to this day. I can't remember the exact number, but this year there was a ridic oh sorry, last year there was a ridiculous amount of um indie games that were released. It was in the twenties last year, I think. And I don't know about this year because obviously I haven't been paying that much attention this year because I haven't been doing a Dreamcast show like I was last year. Yeah, there was a ridiculous number of indies last year and I think probably the same was this year. I know at least five came out this year, which, you know, is nothing compared to twenty, but I still a pretty good number of games for a console that's been officially dead since 2001. Yeah, but with that in mind, this is a song from Gunlord, uh, an absolutely fantastic game. I hear it's I hear it's just hard as nails though. So you know, maybe go into it, go into it with a bit of caution. It's also quite expensive, I hear, for an indie game. So just bear those things in mind. But from Gunlord, this is Techno Dungeon.
Up next, Request Resort. Send your request relating to the topic of the episode in a tweet to at Radio Sega or the Green Viper 8. Or send it in a Discord DM to Green Viper 8 through our Discord server at radiose.ga forward slash Discord. Hasty History. I have missed this so much. Yes, this is a Green Grove Zone Act 2 from the Sega Saturn version of Sonic 3D Blast. Um, people always said this was an unfitting talk bed because it wasn't a Dreamcast track, and I agree with that. But it's such a good track, I just do not care. Yes, uh, I don't actually know why I used this, because in the original pilot I actually did have more Dreamcast-related tracks, but I think... I just really grew to like this track, and I tried to find a loophole, I didn't know whether it appeared in like a collection or something on the Dreamcast, but it didn't. But um, yeah, I still used it anyway. Uh, so meanwhile in the chat, uh, there is still more arguments going on about Bayonetta and Sega and Nintendo and Platinum's involvement. I I'm not getting involved in this, so I'm just going to continue on as normal. So what you just heard there was from Puyo Puyo N for the Dreamcast. That's also known as Puyo Puyo 4 in some places. That was Sky Stage, Tea Time Under the Sky. That is a very lovely track, actually. You don't really hear too much love for Puyo Puyo N on Radio Sega. Pretty much every other Puyo Puyo game you hear a bit of love for, but I never really hear anyone talk about that, about Puyo Puyo N. And truth be told, I don't actually know too much about it, but that is a very nice track. And for that from Shenmue, that was Forklift Racing. One thing I wish we'd done more of on the original show was actually played more Shenmue. I can recall about two times when we played Shenmue tracks. Which is a shame, because Shenmue has some great music, but I can sort of understand my logic at the time, which was I didn't really know Shenmue, so I didn't know what tracks to pick. Whereas now I know Shenmue a bit better, so I know which tracks to pick. So yeah, Forklift Racing, a fun track. And kicking off the block was from Gunlord, which is an indie game for the Dreamcast, which I believe was released in 2015. And that was Techno Dungeon, an absolutely fantastic track. Uh, this this is still happening in, in the Discord. This is insane. But now we're going to go on to Hasty History, and that, this is where we go through the the history of something relating to the topic of the episode as quickly as possible. And the reason it's hasty history, I think I explained this on the first episode, but never again. And ironically, the first episode is now lost. The reason it's hasty history is because this is the segment that no one liked in the original Dreamcast album, because it was so long and drawn out and scripted, no one really liked it. So the entire aim here is obviously you need a bit of background to whatever you're talking about. So the aim is to do it as quickly as possible while still providing quick facts, I guess. So, with that in mind, we're going to be talking about the uh, hasty history of the Dreamcast, so here we go. It was released on November, November 27th, 1998 in Japan, September 9th, 1999 in the US, and October 14th, 1999 in Europe, and on November 30th, 1999 in Australia. Obviously, it was Sega's final console on the market. Uh, initially, it started off successful, but the PlayStation 2 took away attention from the console, it used proprietary proprietary GD-ROM discs, which were exclusive and were never used on anything again. However, pirates discovered an exploit using mil CD support, which is karaoke discs, that allowed for the playback of CDR discs, meaning that piracy was possible on the Dreamcast, despite good anti-piracy systems being in place. 
Uh, overall, the best-selling game on on the Dreamcast was Sonic Adventure, with it selling 2.8 million copies. And the console was finally discontinued on March 31st, 2001. March 31st obviously being an important date if you're a uh, Topical Resort fan. <laughs> no one is. Yes, but that was obviously when the show first aired. Uh, sorry, I'm reading this chat chat again because it's insane. What well, it's, it's still going on. But yes, now um, I may as well plug it. It's time for the Hasty History segment. Uh, no, it's not. We just did that. It is time for the Request Resort segment. And this is where you can pick a song relating to the topic of the episode. Not as quickly as possible this time. But yes, you can pick any song from a Dreamcast game and you can request it. And we have quite a wide variety here. We have a few Sonic tracks because that's bound to happen. But we also have, you know, quite a few unique tracks. But for the most part, these seem to be from games that people really know. So, you know, I highly encourage you to... In- to request something a bit more obscure if you know any of the good stuff you know if you know perhaps an indie game you'd like to hear or you know I don't know perhaps a Japan only game you'd like to hear any of that you know send it my way and I'll be more than happy to play it I'm gonna check Facebook first because I know um, there's a chance somebody might have no okay Uh, aside from that I'm going to check the usual places for any requests. Yeah, it, indeed. Let me have my Dreamcast memories. <laughs> one night only. You let me have it for one night only, and then it'll be back to a normal show normally. I j- I've just been looking so forward to actually talking about the Dreamcast again, because the show just sort of transformed my perception on the Dreamcast in that you know, it was a console I sort of liked, but as soon as I did the show, it just turned into something I loved, and I needed to know everything about it. And that's why I'm sort of celebrating the fact that this show happened a year ago, because it's like, this is really what sort of kick-started not only my love for radio, but my love for the Dreamcast, so I really just sort of have to give thanks. And it's just honestly such a fun topic to talk about, despite the fact everyone else has already talked about it on their on their shows. Like, you know, there's annual Dreamcast specials every year, obviously. But, indeed. So, anything, send it over in a PM, or if you, yeah, if you have any any requests, send it over in a PM. That could be um, on Discord, Discord. that could be on Twitter, at Radio Sega, at Topical Resort, at Green Vaporate. Uh, you can send it to us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com forward slash Radio Sega. You can send it to me on a private message on the forums. I am Green Vaporate over there. Or you can send it to me in an email, topicalresort at gmail.com. I never actually get any emails on my Gmail. So uh, so please, I highly encourage you, just just for the lols, to, um, to email me. Uh, that's the wrong email. I think that's the right email. Yeah, and no, okay, that's still the wrong email. Um, is it that one? Yeah, it is that one, okay. It took a while to log into the right one. Uh, let's just see. All I ever get on this account is spam messages, so. Uh... Oh, oh, nice. Um, got an SEO boost. Brilliant. Right, um, that's amazing. Normally, my spam emails on this account consist of um, high, 
highly grammatically incorrect. I, ironically, that was that was pretty bad as well. Yeah, um, very grammatically incorrect um, statements asking me for thousands of pounds, which I haven't received any of lately because I used to read them out quite a lot because they were always fun to read out because <laughs> they're so bad. Uh, Doomgirl asks, can I ICQ? Um, yeah. I don't know what ICQ means, but yeah, you, you can do that, I guess. Why not? Go, go right ahead. All that stuff. Yeah, there we go. We've already posted the uh, Dreamcast stand meme. The PS2, only £299 for the world's most expensive Dreamcast stand. As a flat surface for ultimate Dreamcast stability, its large, ugly design highlights the Dreamcast lines and is ideal for putting the Dreamcast on. Yeah, that's a good meme, but I got a better meme that I'm going to unleash onto you now. If I can find it. Uh, here it is. This is a better meme. Did you know they still make? There's still an active indie scene creating DVDs for the PlayStation 2. Way cool. Yeah, that, that's a classic tweet. That that one will never get old. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I love it. But yeah, with that in mind, uh, you know, send over your request. I'm going to keep rambling for a bit because we got longer than normal here. Uh, Dean has pointed out something. Has pointed out a good point. Super Mario Bros. DVD on the PS2. Whose idea was that? I haven't actually looked at the picture. What DVDs are on here? Uh, uh, oh yeah, Mario Bros. the movie. I see it in the corner. Wait, hang on. It, it might be. Apparently there's Sonic Underground as well. I haven't looked too deeply at this image before. Oh yeah, I see it. Sonic Underground's in there. Yeah, Jamie hates me for it and I was also expecting that because every time I post this image <laughs> if it wasn't ICQ, I still don't know what an ICQ is. Please, someone explain this. I feel like this, I feel like this is an extra... Uh, oh, hang on. I do know what an ICQ is, but... Why an ICQ specifically? I thought it was like a spelling mistake or something, which was why I was asking, but... Yeah, ICQ isn't even the best form of instant chat back in the day. You didn't even have IRC. Get get on my level. Uh, Doomgirl says, had a screen in the controller before it was cool. Having a screen in the controller was never cool. <laughs> the Wii U established that. But yeah, with the Switch, obviously, the screen is the controller. So, um, that that's obviously... Well, yeah, I... I know it was an old messenger, but like there were so many better messengers than ICQ. It was like um, when everyone used to use Exat. It it wasn't the best option available, and in fact, ICQ their website <laughs> looks just as bad as I remember it looking. Uh, can we can we create a chat room? Actually, I sort of want to look this up just to fill time. Um. There's a forum, but I want to make a chat room. Uh, entertainment. There's not even a gaming uh, section on here. There's radio, there's music, there's movies, and there's ICQ trivia. But why no video games? That's what I want to know. 
Um, I mean, if we could cr create... Yeah, apparently it does still exist, because I am on an ICQ website, whether that's just a different variation of it, because... Oh, there's a ton of different variations. In that case, it's probably independently run. Uh, uh, Hinduism ICQ. Yeah, I think we're getting off that website quickly. Um, okay, so... It's pretty much the original version of Messenger. Okay. Well, by the looks of it, the new version looks like the original version of Messenger. I don't remember. I, like, remember hearing about it, but... Yeah. Just forget about it and do the show... I, I'm stalling for time, because I'm waiting for people to send requests, but I think everyone's already sent their requests. So I'm going to get on with them. So we're going to kick things off with a track requested by Electric Boogaloo, and this is an awesome track from Cosmic Smash. This is Introducing Challenge. You're listening to the Topical Resort on Radio Sega, and we're playing you the best Dreamcast music from whenever the Dreamcast was out, from 1998 to 2002. Enjoy. Request Resorts.
And welcome back to the Subcore Resort right here on Radio Sega. That was the request block, and we just heard that was from Sonic Adventure 2. That's 34 degrees north and 12 degrees east for Mad Space. That's a Rouge level. And uh, as I joked about in the chat room, that is the closest you'll be getting to a Bayonetta track tonight, because it does sound a bit Bayonetta y, minus, you know, there's not as many flutes in there. But still. Um, yeah, that was a request by myself, because I actually really like that track, and in general. I, I don't especially like Sonic Adventure 2 soundtrack, but I mention this a lot, but I really like Knuckles and Rouge's music in that game. And that's probably my favourite Rouge track. Very awesome, despite the level being dreadful, let's say the least. And before that was a request from Doom Girl from Sam Amigo. That was Mamba Di Verano. And I probably pronounced that wrong because I'm English. And that's just how I sort of do things. And uh, before that was a track from Jet Set Radio. That was Super Brother. And as Jamie dubbed it in the Discord, that's officially the best Mario song in a Sega game because uh, if you didn't pick up on it there was a few Mario related lyrics in there so that's why it's officially the best Mario song in a Sega game yeah as I said requested by Jamie for that from Metropolis Street Racer that was Passion um, if your kids were listening in at home ho- hope you covered their ears that was requested by Shaddix Craft of course an absolute Radio Sega classic yeah um, there's not really much you can say about passion that hasn't been said already. And from Sonic Adventure, that that was Windy and Ripley, the theme of the second section of Emerald Coast, the first level of the game, and that was requested by Electric Boogaloo. And before that was a track from Cosmic Smash, that was Introducing Challenge, and that was also requested by Electric Boogaloo. And they were all your requests. So, um, yeah... There's still, there's still Bayonetta to talk in the chat room because I think we're all just that hyped. I, I woke up at, you know, I woke up at like 4 a.m. and uh, couldn't get back to sleep because it was just that honestly exciting. But now we're going to be getting on with the Dreamcast because that's what the episode's about, guys. Dreamcast, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, yeah. So with that in mind, we are going to look at the request resort list. And we're going to kick things off with 18-wheeler American Pro Trucker. I don't know anything about this, but it seems to appear on a lot of lists. There's one game in particular that will be coming back on this list that seems to appear on just about every list that I ever make for this show. Um, yeah, Alien Front Online, don't know too much about that. Christmas Seaman, that's obviously a um, take on the original Seaman. Duh. But except it's a Christmas version. I believe it only ever came out in Japan, and it's fairly rare. It also came with two discs, and you were meant to give one of the discs to your friend because it was just a second copy of the game. So that's that's a nightmare for collectors because most people gave the second copy off to their friend. And um, collectors want to be greedy and they want both copies. They don't want to give it to their friend for Christmas. Um, I mean, if you can find it, get it because it's an interesting, quirky release. But you're not gonna find it. Uh, Choo Choo Rocket, absolutely fantastic game. One of my absolute recommendations for the Dreamcast. You must get Choo Choo Rocket, or if not, get the GBA version. The reason I say get the GBA version, despite the fact that people shout at me because it's not the Dreamcast version, is because it comes included with it. Comes about 700, I think it is. About 700 user-created levels straight on the cartridge, and you can just play them. You know, no internet connection required in that case, and you can just play it Choo Choo Rocket on the Dreamcast, but just with more content. So, obviously get the Dreamcast version, but if you're looking for a bit more bang for your buck, or more specifically, you're looking for a very good port to play on the go, get the GBA version of that game. 
Uh, Confidential Mission, don't know too much about it. Cosmic Smash, I would really like to get this game. It looks, it looks very fun. And it also has a great soundtrack. A lot of people compare it to Res um, in terms of aesthetic, and I agree with that. It is very similar to Res in that way. Yeah, pick it up if you get the chance. Crazy Taxi always comes up, the original one. It comes up on every single list I do, I think. It's just one of those games that um, got ported to everything under the sun, and for good reasons, because it is a great game. It was actually on last week's list as well, and I think think no okay it wasn't it wasn't on the Saturn list obviously um, yeah apologies let's move my microphone for a second there um, Crazy Taxi 1 obviously an incredibly fun game pick it up as I always say every single time it comes up on the list Crazy Taxi 2 I wouldn't recommend this one as strongly but I still think this is a good game soundtrack's nowhere near as good still quite a lot of fun play it if you can Cyber Troopers Virtual On Oratorio Tangram, I believe this came up last week as well. Uh, fun game, I keep meaning to get into the Virtual On series, but never have the time, and quite frankly, the money. The money is the important factor here. Dynamite Cop, pretty good game from what I remember. D2, don't remember much about it. Daytona USA 2001, fantastic game. Um, it, it's a bit different to the original, but I still think it's quite a good version of the game. Check it out. Echo Dolphin Defender of the Future. Don't know too much about it. I, I hear good things about it, but obviously it's not the same as the original Echo the Dolphin or any subsequent Genesis slash Mega Drive versions. F355 Challenge. Absolutely tough as nails, but a fun game if you can somehow get good at it. Uh, great music as well. I'd actually recommend you pick this one up, despite you're going to probably not get that far into it, even if you're good at racing games. Uh, Fighting Vipers 2, we had Fighting Vipers last week and we also had it on the Sega Saturn episode, so this one's been coming up quite a lot too. Uh, Fighting Vipers 2, it's a pretty good game, I'd still say the original's better, but this is worth your time, however, if you're an American, this isn't worth your time, because it was not released in America, because it came out after the Dreamcast had officially died over there, so... You, you're only going to get it in Europe and Japan. Probably get the uh, European version, obviously, because 60 hertz is now a feature on Dreamcast, where it wasn't on previous consoles. And you get English language, so you get the best of both worlds. Uh, Guilty Gear X. I hear excellent things about Guilty Gear X. Very good fighting game. Headhunter. Um, I hear this is a bit all over the place as a game, but it has very good music, very atmospheric. And it's by the lovely, amazing friend of the station, Richard Jakes. Of course, he's friend of the station, although none of us... Although he hasn't tuned into a show in about seven years. Um, aside from that, House of the Dead 2 so much better than the first game. Uh, well, the first game was good, but this game is phenomenal. Yes, <laughs> phenomenal. I'd highly recommend you check out House of the Dead 2. Get the light gun, get a CRT... You won't regret it. It's, it's a fun experience. Uh, Ikaruga, tough, tough as nail shmup. And obviously it gained its reputation for first being on the Naomi, which is the arcade equivalent of the Dreamcast. And then uh, became famous because it got a home release on Dreamcast. And then became pretty much well known due to the GameCube port and later the Xbox 360 port. Yeah, I'd recommend you check it out, but it is very difficult. You're not going to have much luck passing this one, unless you're like a shmup god. Uh, Jet Set Radio, obviously a fantastic game. 
I'd say Future's better, but the original's pretty good. The Dreamcast version's also probably the best version of the original, so check it out on Dreamcast, don't check it out anywhere else. Obviously you get that authentic feel if you play it on Dreamcast. You know, the 1999 feel. Um... Metropolis Street Racer, fantastic game. I, I actually own two copies of Metropolis Street Racer. They're sitting right next to me currently. Um, yeah, it is a great game. I'd recommend you buy Metropolis Street Racer at any cost possible because it's also very cheap. I've got both my copies for £1 and it's a fantastic game of great music. Once again, by Richard Jakes. Um, Outtrigger, don't know too much about it. Fancy Star Online, everyone sings their praises. Fancy Star Online, great game. However, you know, you're going to need to play on custom servers because the original servers are no longer up. Uh, Power Stone and Power Stone 2, great arena fighting games. Not your typical fighting game, but I think that's what makes them so great. They're very out there and unique. Check them out. Propeller Arena. Uh, this was a title developed by Yu Suzuki and Slash AM2, I believe. Oh, I think it was AM2. I know it was his team, but I think it was specifically AM2. And, yeah... It's it's a really good game, however it wasn't released, and this was due to the 9-11 uh, terror attacks which happened close to the game's release, and a game about planes and planes that you can actually fly into buildings in the game, although, you know, that's not the main point of the game, but it was something that you could do anyway, like a, like, just sort, because any game that has buildings and has planes can obviously have that issue. <laughs> And that's why they decided to cancel the release of it. However, the uh, the ISO is floating around online. It's a really fun game, so I'd actually recommend you download it. Um, Puyo Puyo N. And, uh, I'll talk about this one first. Puyo Puyo N. I don't really know too much about it, but it's Puyo. It's got to be great. Puyo Puyo Fever. Notice I didn't call it Puyo Pop Fever on this... Um, on this... Uh, on this list, but that's because it was only released in Japan on the Dreamcast, and that's, and therefore it was only released as Puyo Puyo Fever. Um, yeah, this comes up on every single list we seem to do at this point. It was on the PSP list, it was on the Dreamcast, or sorry, it was on the PSP list, it was on the DS list, it was on the PS2 list, it was on the uh, GameCube list, it's been on the Dreamcast list, it's been on more lists, I swear. But yeah, there's so many. It's insane. It's been on so many lists, and as I always say, oh, it's on the P.O.P. list as well. Back when we did an episode on that, as I always say, it's an okay game. Not one of my favourite P.O.P. games. Not one of my least favourites. It's just meh. Um, yeah, probably get it. Quake Three Arena. Um, this technically is a Sega game, as we figured out. Um, really good port of the um, PC version. I don't know. I haven't really played Quake Three Arena too much. I need to get it. But yeah, a pretty good version. I'd recommend you check it out. Rainbow Cotton, I don't actually know too much about, but uh, its music's pretty infamous. Rent a Hero number one. Rent a Hero is a great game, and I, I don't think I put any music in from Rent a Hero. I should put Rent a Hero music in. Uh, yeah, check it out. Revolt, I only put this on there because I actually had the soundtrack to it. I forgot it wasn't a Sega game. Uh, I believe Jamie talked about this on the Dreamcast Racing Games episode. Uh, yeah, check it out, I think. Sakura Tizen 1, 2, 3, and 4. Um, 
pretty good games. I don't really know too much about them. They're, Jap- they're Japanese RPGs that are heavily in the language, so I'm not really going to understand too much of them. But yeah, maybe check out Sakura Tyson 1, 2, 3, and 4 if you know Japanese. Sambody Amigo, such a fantastic game. Um, obviously, the uh, Maracas peripherals are a bit expensive, but it's so much better than the Wii version. Highly recommend you get it if you get the chance. Also, um, I did actually miss that off from this list. Sambody Amigo version 2000. It was basically a version of the game which came with more songs, and the majority of these songs were Sega tracks. And yeah, that's why I didn't include it on the list. And we also don't have the soundtrack on our servers. That's why I didn't include it. See, man, uh, weird game. That's all you need to know. It's incredibly weird. That's sort of the main appeal of it. Check it out. If, especially if you get the microphone peripheral, because that's you're not going to be able to play it otherwise if you don't get the microphone peripheral. Um, Sega GT. Oh, sorry, Sega Bass Fishing. Fun game, especially if you get the fishing rod. I wouldn't recommend like the Xbox 360 and PS3 ports because the fishing rod was what made Sega Bass Fishing fun. When you take that away, it's just meh of a game. Sega GT. Um, don't actually know too much about this. Sega Gaga, a Japanese exclusive RPG set around, if I remember correctly, it's the death of Sega. And you. Um, hang on, let me look this up. Sega Gaga plot sin. Sorry, I had to talk to myself then because I've moved my keyboard around. And I need. I couldn't remember. Um, what is it? Okay, so the player is recruited by Sega in a last-ditch effort to stop a rival company from taking over the console market. Uh, it's it's a really good game, but it's unfortunately only in Japanese, and it's littered with so many amazing Sega references. Um, the closest thing I can really compare it to, and I know this will annoy some people, but it's Sega Hard Girls, and the reason is, it's because it has those really tongue in, ch- t- those really tongue in cheek Sega jokes littered throughout it. And I think that was what actually made me fall in love with that with the Sega Hard Girl series was so much was the fact that you have these amazing just tongue in cheek Sega references just littered throughout the show, which which just made it so much fun. But yeah, that's the exact same thing with Sega Gaga, except it's a RPG which hasn't been translated to English, so you're going to be stumbling around a bit trying to figure out what to do. Uh, Sega Marine Fishing, sequel to Sega Bath Fishing, it's pretty fun. Sega Rally Championship 2, I think everyone has this because it comes with like most Dreamcasts. Sega Smash Pack Volume 1, I, I've rambled on about this game enough. Yeah, it, it's an okay game, but we all know the highlight is the theme song, which is absolutely fantastic. Obviously, theme of Sega Ages, as I mentioned every single time. It is just such a nice track, and I, I could have technically played it, but I only played it a few weeks ago, so I'm like... Yeah, I should hold off on playing that this week. Sega Swirl, um, interesting game. It never had an official, re- or it did have an official release, but it never had like, a print release, meaning it was never released on shelves. You get it through various different methods, including Sega Smash Pack, or you could get it through it just being randomly put in your Dreamcast box, which was very rare. Or the way most people in the UK got it was it was released in a Dreamcast demo disc, or one of the specific ones. I have the demo disc somewhere. Uh, Sega Tetris was a Sega take on Tetris, it wasn't very good. Shenmue 1 and 2, um, I would like to ramble on about these games for days and days and how good they are, but I haven't honestly played too much of them. I, I tried getting into them, and I just didn't have the time, honestly, 
to get into them because uh, it's, it's just too long is the issue. They're too long and I don't have enough spare time. So I'd recommend you two. You, you, I, re I recommend you check out these two games because they're fantastic. However, they are a bit pricey, so you know, keep an eye on the wallet, I guess. Skies of Arcadia, fantastic game. It also, I think, once again, is a bit pricey, however. But, um, I, this is one case where I'd recommend you get the GameCube version, actually, because the GameCube version has more content, and you're going to get more bang for your buck in that case. So, yeah, get Skies of Arcadia on Dreamcast, but I'd recommend if you if you love it and you want a bit of more... You want a bit of more? If you love Skies of Arcadia on the Dreamcast and you want a bit more, check out the Dream... The GameCube version because it has more content. Soccer uh, Tsuzuku Pro Soccer Club O oh, Tsukuru Tsuzuku Euro. I don't know. I, I don't I have no clue what this game is. Sonic Adventure One and Two. I could sing my praises about Sonic Adventure One all day long. Absolutely love Sonic Adventure. Sonic Adventure 2 is another story. I think it's okay, but Sonic Adventure is my favorite game of all time. Sonic Adventure Two is meh. That's that's what I think of it. Uh, Sonic Shuffle, dreadful game. Do not play this under any circumstances. It's it, it's horrible. It, it's the thing I don't get is it's made by the same people who made Mario Party, Hudson Soft. And although people are going to disagree in this chat room because it's Mario and Mario is automatically bad, Mario Party games are very competently made games. They are actually quite fun. So what happened with Sonic Shuffle? It's the same developers, but they just completely screwed it up. It is the most tedious, boring, frustrating thing to play. Just do not touch Sonic Shuffle. And on top of that, the cream on the uh, the icing on top, I guess, in this case, is the fact that it's also really expensive now. The price for this game shot up, and I wouldn't even recommend paying for it because it is so awful. Just, 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 just download the game online, please. <sighs> Soul Calibur, very good fighting game. Obviously, um, it's one of the few cases where a fighting game was actually made. Or it's one of the few cases where a console port of a fighting game is actually better than the arcade version. I'd recommend you check out the Dreamcast version of Soul Calibur because it's fantastic. And also, obviously, the classic um, playing Soul Calibur with the fishing rod. Waggling the arm frantically to do moves is uh, always entertaining. Space Channel 5 and Space Channel 5 Part 2. Great games. Great games indeed. Um, aside from that... Oh, space, I, I, should, I should go into a bit more detail. Um, mu music slash rhythm games that um, set in space. That's pretty much it. That's all I need to talk about there. Uh, Toy Commander, I don't really know too much about it, except for the fact there was a Christmas... The Christmas, yes. Despite the fact there was a Christmas Toy Commander demo that I talked about last Christmas episode on the Dreamcast Hour. And, um... Typing of the Dead, same deal as uh, House of the Dead 2, except you type instead of shoot. That's a very fun one, actually. It's it's weird, but it, it's very fun. Uh, Virtua Cop 2, great game. Virtuous Fighter 3 2B, I hear meh things about this. Apparently it wasn't that good of a port of Virtua Fighter 3, because it was rushed, I, I think. Uh, I could be wrong. Virtua Striker 2, okay. Virtua Tennis, okay. Yusuzuki Gameworks Volume 1, just basically a Dreamcast collection of all of Yusuzuki's, or of a Dreamcast collection of Yusuzuki games, not all of them. 
because there were meant to be more than one, but they just never happened. Um, and it's also very rare because it was Japan only, and it was basically included with a book about Yu Suzuki. Uh, don't forget Space Michael when it comes to Space Channel. Yes, okay, Jamie. Also, we have now been joined by Electric Boogaloo, who says that uh, uh, Confidential Mission is basically Virtual Cop with James Bond XP. Ooh, okay, so uh, a more spy-based Virtual Cop. Interesting. Oh, okay, Electric Boogaloo also says Virtual Fighters 3 TV is a pretty decent port, not arcade perfect, but close enough. I think that was the issue, the fact that it wasn't arcade perfect. Um, yeah, aside from that, get it. <laughs> yeah, but that's pretty much it. I'm gonna, I, I'm, not, I'm gonna leave it there. I'm not gonna talk about any indie games, I'm not gonna talk about anything else. We are going to leave it there because we're gonna get on to the music for this segment. And we're gonna kick things off with a track which I think, um, <sighs> sorry, we're gonna kick things off with a track which I think. Doomgirl will be very thankful for, and I will attempt to upload this to the playlist. Or more so, I will upload it, wait for it to be permitted, and then it will be uploaded. Hopefully, because fingers crossed, because this is apparently now an officially licensed Sega game. I also want to point out that in Europe, it is actually the 17th anniversary of this game's release. You've probably already pieced the um, you've already you've probably pieced the puzzle pieces together by now. And you might have figured out that I am, of course, talking about Quake 3 Arena. So, from the Dreamcast version of Quake 3 Arena, this is Crossfire, right here, on the Topical Resort.
Psychosis. And welcome back to the Topical Resort right here on Radio Sega. What you just heard there was from Sonic Adventure. That was At Dawn, the theme of the third section of Speed Highway, or the theme of Knuckles' version of Speed Highway. Such a lovely song, it's just so relaxed, and I did actually loop it for a second time, because as Jamie pointed out in the uh, in the Discord, that track is just not long enough. It is so nice, and just had to chill out a bit there. And uh, then he suggested requesting Ice Cap, and instantly... Uh, all nice things I had to say about him um, instantly went away. Yes, and before that was a track from Sega Marine Fishing. That was Japan, and as Jamie once again also pointed out, it makes fishing awesome. And we kicked off the Blockfade track from 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 Cake Free Arena. Yes, cake is in the food. Quake Free Arena, the Dreamcast version more specifically, that was Crossfire. And now we are going to be getting into the topical thesis for the week. So, for those of you who don't know what the topical thesis is, it's where I take an opinion that I've come up with or I've heard from the Sega community and I give my spin on it. I give my three points for, my three points against, and then I come to a justified conclusion based on whether I agree or whether I disagree with the statement. So, today's topical thesis is a fairly by-the-numbers topical thesis as they go. So, it is, should more Dreamcast games be brought to modern consoles? So, here we go. Um, the game doesn't have to be remade, but could simply just be a port. Obviously, this saves time and resources, but at the same time also brings in money. Yes, ding, 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 the thing we all love. Because when they have money, they make good games. And when they don't have money, they still find a way to make good games. Don't know how that works. But yeah, obviously that's the main thing here. They can get money for nothing in this case, yeah. Bad, bad joke. Um, allows people to experience old entries in the franchise or older franchises in general. You know, not every kid is going to have played Shenmue on their Sega Dreamcast because all they have is an Xbox One. But now, thanks to ports and thanks to remakes, they can play Shenmue on their Xbox One. You know, it's just that sort of thing. It allows the game to be open to a wider audience and potentially makes a sequel of sorts more viable, or a sequel or continuation or something of the kind more viable. And as Crash and a few others proved this year, such as Windjammers, I think was the name of it. I, th- I know Electric Boogaloo likes the game, but I, d- I never played it. Um, as Crash and Windjammers proved this year, a lot of re- oh. As Crash and Windjammers proved this year, remakes can do very well in terms of sales. You know, I think it's just sort of an assumption that remakes won't do as well because it's an old game with a fresh coat of paint. But I think this year proved that you can still do a good remake and you can still make lots of but uh, you can still make a lot of money. I don't know what I was actually going to say there. I think I stumbled over my word skin. What a surprise! However, everything has negatives, and here are our three points against. Uh, it's extra time and effort which could be put into new games. Fairly obvious, you know, porting or remaking something requires resources and they have resources that have been taken off a new project or something else to make a port of an old game which is already on console most people own. Uh, some games are best experienced on the original console, you know, get get the Dreamcast out, you know, get the Dreamcast out, get the best possible hookup, you know, get a VGA hookup or something so the Dreamcast can look as nice as possible, get your controller in hand, and that is the true way to experience a Dreamcast game. No emulators, no ports, 
pure Dreamcast. Sometimes that is the best way to play a game. And obviously, while while some new versions of old classic, oh sorry, I don't know why I said while. Um, yeah, some version, some new versions of old classics can be made worse. This is fairly obvious, you know. Sometimes remake, or as the term has been coined, remake or rebreak, because you know some remakes fix everything and make it so much better and amazing. Yes, then other remakes make things. Awful, you know. Silent Hill comes to mind. I keep dropping that today. Silent Hill comes to mind because, for example, they removed all the fog from Silent Hill, which is the thing which actually added at, uh, added tension, atmosphere, all that sort of stuff, and it's completely gone. And you just removed the entire fear factor of the game just by removing the fog because you didn't think. Well done. Well done. Well done. Well done. So, in conclusion. In this case, there really aren't too many reasons as to why bringing old games to new consoles can be a bad thing. But at the same time, some games are best experienced on the original hardware. While some ver- while some new versions of old classics can be made worse, some have the complete opposite effect. With this in mind, I think I would like to see more Dreamcast games brought to modern consoles while still keeping their original experiences intact. What's your opinion on this opinion? You have many different places where you can get in your opinion. You can get in through your opinion on Twitter, at Radio Sega, at Topical Resort, at the Green Viper 8. You can send it in through Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Radio Sega. Send it in through Discord, radioseg.gf forward slash Discord. You can send it in through a private message on the forums, I am Green Viper 8 over there. Or you can send it in through an email, topicalresort at gmail.com. You have all those places to be able to send in your opinion right now. Um, someone called John Weed has retweeted today's Topical Thesis. Um... John Weed. Uh, it's not the best last name in the world, but if you're listening, sup. Um, we still got a few messages here in the Discord. Um, yeah, Electric Vigler has pointed exactly the uh, the video I was referencing. Remake or rebreak. It's a great video. There's many of them, but the Sonic Adventure 1 and 2 one is pretty good. And Jamie says he'd love to see Shenmue come to the Switch. I'd like to see Shenmue come to the Switch, but if I'm honest, it's like the one case where I'd take the PS4, Xbox One versions over the Switch versions, because can you imagine how gorgeous a 1080p 60fps Shenmue would be? Oh, it look awesome compared to 72030 on the Switch. Although I will admit, being able to play Shenmue on the go would be nice. You know, the whole point of the game is you're running about on the go as Ryo, and then um, obviously you can take the game on the go. So it's it's all over the place. You know, you you, you create a paradox. I, I disagree, Doomgo. I think the Switch would run it. It just wouldn't run it as well as Xbox One or PS4. Like Rocket League is obviously Rocket League and Skyrim are the games that proved you can run powerful games on Switch. You just need to know how to optimize them well. And most developers probably wouldn't know how to optimize it, but yeah. Oh, that is true, like Google says, not to mention having all free Shenmue games on one console. I'm still somehow miffed that Shenmue 3 isn't coming to Xbox One. Like, they must announce an Xbox One version soon, surely. That's really surprising that it's just not an Xbox One version. There's obviously going to be the joke of, Xbox One sucks. But, yeah, you're missing out on a huge audience there of Xbox One fans, I guess. Because, you know, 
as I said in the last episode, people view the Xbox brand as a continuation of Sega or the Sega console line. So you're not bringing Shenmue to Sega. Eh? No. Yeah, it will be in 30 FPS, but honestly, 30 FPS isn't that bad. Everyone tries to make it out like, oh my god, it's the worst thing, 30 FPS is the worst thing ever, but like... No, it's really not. <laughs> Jamie says, would you really call Rocket League a powerful game? I think my, my PC can run it just fine. That's because Rocket League has really good optimization for low power machines. That's why it works so well on Switch, because they had already optimized it for... Well, they already optimized it for low power PCs, so they literally just put that low op that low power version onto the Switch. And Electric Boogaloo says, "No, Sony paid for all the marketing in that E3 announcement, but at the same time, there's also a PC version. So if they paid for all the marketing in the announcement, why is it coming to PC? That that's what I want to know. Nintendo a fanboy appears because." Defending Nintendo makes you a fanboy now. Because it's not like any of us here are Xbox fanboys. Oh no, oh no. But yeah, with that in mind, we're going to be getting into more music. And this is an absolutely amazing music block right here. So just completely turn the music up. Put on your best speakers. Because we have three pure Sega tunes. One of them is technically a remix, but I'd more so consider it an edit. So I'm going to kick things off with a track from Space Channel 5. Normally ending themes are quite sad. I think this is quite the contrary. From Space Channel 5, this is Palapaya Lounge Music on Radio Sega.
Download the podcast that will be available shortly on RadioSega.net and the iTunes Store, or stream it on Stitcher. Discord Call-In 
Oh, what a tune this is. I absolutely love this track, by the way. This is the Sonic 06 Extras menu theme. It's so out of place for the game, but it's such a nice track. I'm going to turn this up a bit on my end. Speaking of nice tracks, we just ha we just had a track from Rez. That was more specifically Area 5, the GoGo GST edit, which, as I was mentioning in the chat room, I honestly think is much better than the edit we have on our own server, because... They individually took the sound banks from the game and edited them together. Edited ed they edited them together to just make one five-minute-long awesome track, and it doesn't skip out on any of the important section. But it also just sounds just right compared to our own, which is sort of awkwardly chopped up. But yes, indeed. Before that was from Sega Gaga. That was the Sega mix, obviously a radio Sega classic. Everyone loves that game, and everyone loves that track as well. It's incredibly short, though, that's the issue. And before that was a track from Space Channel 5, that was the ending theme, Palapaya Lounge Music. Obviously not Papapaya, and there was no tapping involved in that. But, yes. Indeed, it's now time for the Discord call-in, and we have the original music in the background. And I miss this track... Oh, I miss this track as the call-in theme... But, oh, Kuma Kuma Circus, what a tune. Uh, I'm sorry, I just prefer the new theme. It's just so, it's just so punchy and in your face. I really love that, that, that theme, and I'm glad I selected that over using this one. Anyway, of course, I'm going to drag in our usual victim into our show. Let's get him in right now. Actually, no, I'm not, because I need to change around my microphone settings. Give me a second. Okay, I think that should be better. Let's try that again now. And welcome to the show, Jamie. Wait a minute. Why, why did other Santa come on this show? It's about the Dreamcast. Yeah, you love the Dreamcast. What are you talking about? You helped me host an episode on it. All that stuff. Yes, but, but I also did it with a third party game. That's true, but you suck, right? Go, get on with it, Jamie. What would you like to talk about today? Right, so uh, you playing that Sega Gaga track reminded me one of the reasons why I wanted to play it. It was uh, seeing a video on YouTube. I think it uh, it got subbed, and it was the uh, scene with uh, Alex Kidd. Yeah, that's the scene everyone always remembers from that game. It it was so sad and emotional. I guess just go ahead and explain it for everyone at home because I honestly cannot remember. So, so the main character, I can't remember his name, he, he's having a, uh, he's feeling a bit down and uh, uh, one of the people who works with is Alex Kidd and he talks to him about his own uh, situation in life where he was the star and he was against, uh, he was uh, against Mario which they actually censored out obviously. It's not I'd say Mario in a Sega, no no it's obviously licensing. Yeah, yeah and it, sh it showed that how uh, after that, it kept uh, it kept uh, suffering from miss after miss after miss, and then eventually being replaced by the blue boy. So sad. There's like a ton of fan art, obviously, of that exact thing happening, like Alex Kidd going on a quest to, to defeat Sonic and all that sort of stuff. You know, the ve the very cool, uh, or the very cool fan art of that that exists. But anyway, that's not my point. Yeah, uh, that was quite a cool story for the time, I think, because. No one had ever really talked about it because Alex Kidd just sort of quietly died. Yeah, and then what is it? Uh, they did put a funny thing in that the 
uh, the main character was, was surprised to find out that Alex is what thirty-four years old at the time. <laughs> yeah, that's quite funny to be fair. The entire game, like as I said, the tongue-in-cheek humor in that game is great. It's just such a shame that no one's translated the whole thing. So like, or there are translations of it, but you no, know, there's no no one's like patched the game so the entire game is in English, which is a shame because honestly. It, it would sort of tie, as I said, into that Sega Hargo's like sort of area of the entire humour is just tongue-in-cheek references. But yeah, that's, I, I, I'll say I say it should be something. Obviously, with the digital distribution being cheaper, something Sega should come, uh, probably think about uh, porting. That's true, but at the same time, I think it's a very Japanese-style game. And I'm not sure how well it would do. Because as I mentioned earlier, obviously resources are on the line here. Because their resources they could be going to Bayo. A very Japanese game says uh, says the people who keep winning Yakuza to the West. That's, that, that is very true. But I don't... like A lot of the humour, I guess, centres also around Japanese culture. Whereas in Yakuza you can sort of look past the Japanese culture. Well, like, no, it's it's not too complex or you can't understand it, whereas I think Sega Gaga has a few jokes which you probably need to be Japanese to understand. True. Let's see what else. Uh, Space Channel 5. Yeah, great game. Go and talk your bit about it, I guess. Uh, I haven't completed it, to be honest. I'm not all that great on moving games, but I think it must have been, what, probably the first maybe second game to get me into the living uh, games genre but that wasn't because of the game itself and why was it uh, why did you get into the genre Mike, Michael Jackson yeah <laughs> the Vuvuzelas are back they will never leave <laughs> I feel like I should explain the joke for those who don't get it at home or Jamie can explain the joke one or the other the Vuvuzelas, those annoying things you hear at football matches. Uh, Ubisoft used them as a copyright protection in the DS version of Michael Jackson's experience. So whenever you pirated the game, you, you'd hear Vuvuzelas instead of the lovely, crisp DS sound card versions of Michael Jackson music. Which one bad quality, actually? No, they weren't bad quality. I, th- I think people give the DS sound card too much flack. Like everyone's like, "Oh, the Sonic Rush music sounds so compressed," but honestly, it sounds fine. Not as nice as the album versions, but you know, it does have a pretty nice sound card. Yeah, Sonic Rush doesn't sound as nice as Sonic Chronicles. Who said that? <laughs> I've heard NES games that sound nicer than Sonic Raw. I think. Like what else? <sighs> the flashbacks. <laughs> what else have we got? Uh, Taping of the Dead only played the uh, spiritual sequel with uh, Night of House of the Dead Overkill. Uh, Choo Choo Rocket. The best to me now, the best way to experience that game is on the GBA. Yeah, I, I'm glad I've I've made a big deal about the GBA version because people are starting to finally appreciate it. Because obviously, you know, support Sega, play it on Sega hardware. But the thing is. <laughs> You're, you're honestly going to get more more for your money if you play the GBA version, and you're also going to get it handheld. Who doesn't want handheld Choo Choo Rocket? And face it, the second best way to experience the game is on Android and iOS. Ah, uh, yeah, right, okay. Keep believing that. 
Alright then, it's still got quite a lot of the extra extra uh, puzzles from the G GBA version, but on top of that, it's it hasn't ha it hasn't got the uh, one play mode locked into a multiplayer experience, unlike the GBA. I think the issue I have with the iOS and Android version is how slow it runs, and also the fact that you can't buy it anymore. Uh, one fan for me. Oh, I should probably retry it because the last time I tried to play it was honestly 2010. <laughs> so it'll probably be a lot better of an experience now with modern devices, especially since it was designed for such low power devices compared to what we have now. Yep. Uh, Sega Smash Pack. I don't want to talk about. <laughs> what is there to say about Sega Smash Pack that I haven't already mentioned though? Yeah, it has that uh, kick-ass theme song. Yes, it does. <laughs> You're correct. Sig Marine Fishing, we just found out that it, uh, it's fun to fish in Japan. It is indeed. Seaman, uh, it's that pet simulator uh, narrated by Leonard Nimoy in the West. Odd choice of narrator, but also strangely fitting. Yep, uh, and if you want to know more about it, the best way to experience a review about it is to check out the Angry Video Game Nerd. It's an interesting review, I'll give you that. <laughs> yep. Metropolis um, Street Racer is something I need to play, but obviously heard the soundtrack of uh, TJ Davis and Richard Jacks. Speci especially that infamous Passion song. You've heard that one too many times. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Headhunter, I think I played once, but I think it was the PS2 part. I forgot that was a thing. There's probably a good reason for that. I don't think, if I remember, I was probably about 10 or something, but it wasn't that great of a game anyway. Yeah, it is a pretty dreadful game, all things considered, so I'm not really sure how you can actually make it worse. Pure, pure fever. Now that's one to talk about. The very Was it the very last official licensed game on the Dreamcast? I think... I th it was. I think it was second to last because if I remember, wasn't it? It was Sega. One of the Sega Sports games that came out in two thousand and four. I could be wrong, but I feel like it was a Sega Sports game. Or if not, that was second, and and Pio Pio Fever was last. Yeah, those two were the last two. But, but yeah, was it uh, same as Pio Pio Pop Fever? You pop Pio's. What else is there to say? That's true, that's pretty much all you can say in this in this case. Uh for the fact that Pat except for the fact that uh it did a complete change for the franchise, uh some we could say somewhat of a soft uh rebuilt new art style, new characters until the uh I think they introduced reintroduced uh Alu back into it in the second game. Good because I, I don't like Amity. What <laughs> who said that? What's wrong with Amity? I don't like Amity, and I'm a massive horror fan. I I'm a fanboy. Shut up. <laughs> well, if you if you like Alu, then just go back to the original franchise of P before Puyo. Or go back to Puyo Tetris because Puyo Tetris lets me choose. Ding ding ding. Or oh, who's the new one? I can't remember the new one's name. <sighs> okay, now this is gonna bug me. So let's look this up. <laughs> Keyboard sounds, here we come. Uh, Ringo, that's it. I couldn't remember Ringo for some reason. Well, uh, what was it? Uh, who, who did I have? Like, uh, 
I can't remember the name because in in, in English uh, she had had a completely different name. I think it's Ryder. Well, which game were we referring to? Uh, Puyo uh, Fever. Yeah, I, I, I try not to touch Puyo Fever where possible, so uh, you're on your own here, Jamie. <laughs> As I've no, mentioned so many times on this show, because this game comes up the most of any game on this show, I think it's just meh. <laughs> That's my issue with it. Uh, what's it? Boogles in... Uh, what's that game? Kados or Crows. Apparently it's Crows, but I, I like saying Kados. So that's the uh, final official Dreamcast game. I believe it was also the final game for the Naomi, if I remember correctly. I could be. I think I'm wrong there, actually. I don't think it was the final game for the Naomi. Actually, okay, well, right, sorry. This is going to be. I know this I know this section's been really boring. What? Yeah, but um, I'm going to say the reason it's the final Dreamcast game is because. For a while, in 2007 and I think 2006, Sega allowed people to release games through their online store. And, um, yeah, they released Dreamcast games officially through that online store. Kados wasn't meant to be the last game, but it was the last game because Sega, like, suddenly out of nowhere after the production of Kados, just go, yeah, we're not allowing you to make any more games. So just sort of, like, <laughs> overnight, it became the last Dreamcast game. <laughs> so the more you know... So so another another vol volume game on this you said was it Yu Suzuki game? Yeah, uh, game rights. What what did that consist of? Was it just arcade parts? Yeah, it was arcade parts. I think it had a few original tracks. I think we had the Dreamcast version of a few um, arcade tracks on the, on the playlist. After Banner Two, why not After Banner One? That's a good question. But after Banner Two is the uh, best one, admittedly. The thing is, though, they could have easily fit, fit, probably fit on a few more games onto the compilation. That's true. But it was sort of a cheapy item, you know. Oh, I probably know why, actually. It's probably because it was Volume 1 and they were going to save the rest of Volume 2. <laughs> well, wait, wait, they probably was going to do a Sega Smash Sega Pack. Sega Smash Pack, yes, exactly. <laughs> save the best for the sequel, that never happens. Uh, and Electric Boogaloo has a request... Uh, sorry, has a... What was I even trying to say? That's corrected, that's it. Um, Melty Blood, Actress Again, was the final Naomi game released in 2008. Hashtag the more you know. Hashtag Wait, why, why would someone develop develop something for an ancient arcade board in 2008? I don't know, like... The thing is, as, as you learn from indie games and stuff, or indie games and the fact that people were releasing Naomi games up until 2008, the hardware wasn't actually that limited. Like you can still make pretty good games on the hardware. You don't need anything more powerful because that's just wasteful in terms of how much money you're spending creating the boards. Well, yeah, Nintendo has proved that as well in the console business. Yeah, that's true. No, I'm not saying it. I'm just like comparing. Uh, okay. But I think Jamie, I think I think your I think your time has finally come to leave. You, you, you're, it's unacceptable because apparently Veritex is home and uh, he's already complaining that you're here. But anyway, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show, Jamie. Any final things you'd like to say? Tim, you suck. Nothing's gonna change that. Yeah, Tim Gale, sort him out. And as for me, do I suck or like what? Um. Son, sir, I still question your list of games on here. 
Yeah, I questioned my own list of games on here, but it was done on a budget, or should I say, time constraints. Anyway, thank you oh, so much for coming oh. on, Jamie. Alright. Any final, final things? Because you sound like you're about to say something. Yeah, I still say you need to uh, check your listings more for the show, because a couple of times you missed heck of a load of games. Yeah, I do, but the thing is, a lot of the time when I miss games, it's because I've had to make the list from hand, because... There hasn't been a definitive list, or that list itself has been missing stuff. Oh, when you said that once, I proved you on. Oh no, okay, to be fair, that was the Sega Retro list. I didn't know we had the soundtracks to those games, because the chances of someone requesting the games which you said I hadn't put on the list was so slim, it was never going to happen. <laughs> oh, to be, fair, the, to be fair, the Xbox 360 one, I did just miss them, because... I think my logic was, if the port doesn't change too much, do not put it on the list. But then, yeah, that logic didn't really work, because I put knights on the list, so... Whoops. <laughs> oh well, anyway, thanks so much for coming on the show, Jamie. Alright, thank you. See you later. See you later. Bye. And that was Jamie Mr. Wonderman, and that was the Discord call-in, and now it's time for the Toppy Mix. Yes, finally, we're getting we're getting back into Topical Resort and not Dreamcast Hour territory. So, the Toppy Mix is where I play you three tracks. One is a Sega track not relating to the topic of the episode, one is a remix relating to the topic of the episode, and one is a non-Sega track not relating to the topic of the episode. Um, we got you three tracks here. They're all actually Japanese tracks, and um, I lied. All three of these are related to, to the topic of the episode. And we're going to kick off the Toppy Mix with a track which actually kicked off the original episode of the Dreamcast Hour, the original t tech issue plagued episode itself. So, to kick off the Toppy Mix block from Sega Hard Girls, aka High School Sega Hard Girls, this is Kito Daiju Budesu, right here on the Topical Resort. Let's get scratching.
And for one last time, welcome back to the Topical Resort right here on Radio Sega. We have been playing you the best Dreamcast music as well as bringing you the best Dreamcast news, best Dreamcast facts, best Dreamcast everything. And we're about to end this thing off. But what you just heard there was a track from Ikaruga. That was our non-Sega track of the week. That was... Oh, I have to pronounce this. <laughs> Butsu... Butsu Tekai. Butsu Tekai. I'm going to go with that. Uh, and before that was our remix of the week that was from JXJ which is a uh, June Sonoy officially licensed album and that is Ready which is a remix of Emerald Coast the first stage of Sonic Adventure and more specifically it's a remix of Azure Blue Coast which is the first section of the stage we played you uh, Windy and Ripley which is the second section earlier in the show and uh, kicking off the block was our Sega track of the week that was from Sega Hard Girls High School Sega Go. that was um, Kito Daijo Budesu which is um, actually sung by the show's interpretation, or the show's, and um, what would the correct term be? The show's humanization of the Sega Dreamcast console. So, which is why we had to play that there, obviously. And we're going to have another Sega Hard Girls track in just a second because I actually really like this, and it is technically a remix as well. Uh, Electric Boogaloo says, "Don't forget, I'm not going to forget. I was about to get to it. I was just recapping the music. Give me a second. So um, I need to make an amendment. Apparently, the final Naomi game was actually Radigi Noah. Uh, they couldn't have spelled it any any stranger, could they? No, this is really awkward to talk over. I forgot about this actually. <laughs> I don't know how I used to do this, but yeah. Aside from that, this has been the end of the Dreamcast episode. But as always." Next week rolls further, or sorry, rolls closer towards us. So what's going to be happening next week? That is a good question, because next week is obviously the start of Radio Sega's Winterfest 2017. I hope you're all as excited as I am, because I'm flipping excited, I can tell you that. But... In this case, uh, I have absolutely no clue when the show will be next week, so I can't go, see you next Friday at 7, guys, because I don't know if I'll be on at Friday at 7 yet. So, basically, what I'm saying is keep an eye out for the Winterfest schedule, which should hopefully be going up very soon. And once you once you check that, then you'll finally know what time I'm on. But yes, next week I'll be back to talk about the obligatory, because we all knew this was coming, because I think everyone's going to be pretty much doing this. We're going to be talking about winter levels in Sega games next week. But as for now, I've been Viper, you have been Electric Poogaloo, you have been Jamie, you, you have been Veritex, you have been Doom Girl, you have been... Who else have you been? You've been KC, you have been... You've been Shadow's Croft, you have been Twinny, you have been Insert Coin, you have been uh, Doan, you have been... Uh, uh, Frost Impact, uh, I couldn't think of your name for a second then. You have been all these different people right here and I want to thank you all so much for listening in. This show wasn't as long as I would like to have been. The Xbox 360 show was like three hours long. This was only two and a half hours, which is a shame. But, you know, at the end of the day, it came out to a nice length. I've really enjoyed this episode just like I did with the last. And hopefully this continues on and we make some, you know, really good episodes to come in the foreseeable future. I hope you guys are excited about the... F- or as excited about the future of Topical Resort as I am. Because despite the fact we've been going... Or despite the fact we will have been going for a year in a few months... We're still keeping as fresh as ever. And as Season 2 approaches, perhaps some new stuff will come up into the mix. That's not yet. Who knows? I've been Green Viper 8. You have all been awesome. Thank you so much for listening. We're going to end things off with a... Oh, we're going to end off the final block with a track from Sega Hard Girls, aka High School Sega Hard Girls. This is Young Force Sega Hard Girls Mix, which is a remix of the... um, 
what is it called? Um, which is a remix of the Sega. I believe the. I believe it is Sega Gaga March, which is also in turn a remix of the company theme song, which we actually made a blog post of about a year ago now. So yeah, it's a remix of a remix, which is fun. And then after that, we got a track from Metropolis Street Race, and I think you can probably guess what it is, judging by how late it is into the show. But yes, I've been Green Vibrate. Thank you so much for listening, and as always, stay topical.
Sega. It's playing the best Sega music 24-7. 